Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the colorful world of Skittles. Skittles brings you a jolt of five fruity flavors in every bite, giving you the chance to taste the rainbow like never before. Break free from the ordinary day-to-day with the help of Skittles Chewy Candy. Skittles is a must in my candy jar, movie snack, even my secret to an afternoon pick-me-up. And I don't even care who knows it. Add a splash of joy to your day with Skittles. There's nothing better than fruity fun that tickles your taste buds. Taste the rainbow. Come on, side, 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 side. <laughs> What up, y'all? This is Ed Lover. Welcome to Come On, Son, the podcast. There's a whole lot of stuff happening out here, okay? And I got a guest. I got a guest that I'm going to talk to today. He got this. He bought me some wax, y'all. Y'all see that? I got it backwards. I'm so damn stupid. Y'all see that? The Mind of a Saint by my man Sky Zoo that's been around for a while. But I'm going to talk to Sky Zoo in a quick second. But first, there's a couple of things I want to get off my chest. There's a whole lot of shit going on out there. I don't know if y'all heard or not, but the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, has just been indicted for the fourth time. The fourth time. And you know what's going through black people's mind right now? That he still may get elected president of the United States. Come on, son. Four indictments and you still might make president of the United States. But let me tell you what I love about Georgia. Georgia said when they arrest him, he's getting a fucking mugshot. New York City, I love you. I'm from New York. But y'all some punk ass bitches for not cuffing that motherfucker and making him have a mugshot. Come on, son. If it was me, if it was Zoo, if it was anybody else, we'd have got cuffed and mugshot. If it was fucking, if it was Barack, Barack would have got cuffed and mugshot too. And speaking of Barack, what is this talk about Barack saying back in letters or some shit that he used to always dream about sleeping with men? Come on, son. Now y'all want to taint this man's entire presidency, presidency, excuse me, and put him on some homosexuality shit? Not against the LGBTQ community, but come on, son. You mean to tell me nobody knew this shit way when he was a junior senator and way when he was running for president? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm not buying none of that shit that y'all trying to say. And speaking of bullshit, Paramount, y'all on some bullshit. 
Listen, Tyler Perry, all y'all was running around talking about congratulate Tyler Perry for buying BT. Tyler Perry does not own fucking BT. Paramount pulled back. It was like, we're not selling it. We want $3 billion for a Tyler K with $2 billion. They're like, nah, that ain't enough. We want $3 billion. Come on, son. The fuck out of here. Why y'all trying to inflate the price of BET just so Tyler Perry can't get it? Now, I bet you if Tom Brady and his people got together and said they want to buy BET, y'all would give it to him for $2 billion. But because it's Tyler Perry, y'all don't want to give it to him? Come on, son. When the fuck is the last time BET been a real player any fucking way? Let's keep it all the way 100. Besides the BET awards and stuff like that, who really watches BET for any fucking thing? I know in metropolitan cities that I lived in, that I go to, nobody really watches BET like that anymore. And how the fuck is BET black entertainment television when it's owned by white people? Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. And speaking of bullshit, Kiki Palmer, you really on some bullshit. You just had a baby. Then you was controversial for wearing the dress that you wore to Usher's concert shit, right? In Vegas, his his residency. Now you're starring in Usher's new video about I heard your boyfriend's looking for me. You're a disrespectful little heifer, Kiki. I love you. I think you're a fine actress. You my homegirl, 50 grand. But this shit that you're doing to your baby father is disrespectful. And all you ladies out there that said it ain't disrespectful, let me tell you why it is. Because if that had been Sierra or Beyonce and homeboy Kiki Palmer's baby father would have did that bullshit, y'all would have drug him over the coals and you know you would have. If he would have came to that concert with a see-through shirt on, flexing his muscles like he was fucking Terry Crews or somebody, y'all would have had a whole lot of shit to say about that. But Kiki do it, it's a woman's body. She can do what she wants to do. Nah, that's her baby father, and he had some shit to say about it. Y'all motherfucking women are a fucking trip. I swear to God. Uh, I'm getting ready to talk to my man, Sky Zoo, but before I do, I want to say rest in peace to Magoo from Timberland and Magoo and Chico Del Vec from Junior Mafia and also the godfather of black music, Mr. Clarence Avon, I bet y'all, I'm about to hit y'all with some shit about to blow y'all mind. I bet you didn't know that Clarence Avon signed Bill Withers to his record label, did he? So every time you hear a lovely day, every time you hear grandma's hands, every time you hear lean on me, remember Clarence Avon discovered the fantastically gifted Bill Weathers, among a host of other people. So rest in peace to all of them. This is Ed Lover. This is Kibbutz, son. Now let's get to this interview. Sky Zoo's in the building. What up, Zoo? My man, straight out of New York City. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good, You know, the first thing I thought of when um, I heard about you years and years and years ago, there used to be a group called Sky. Yep. And they were out of New York. And they had a song, back when I was a young trumpet player, they had a song called Sky Sky Zoo. Zoo. Yep. Where did you come up with the name Sky Zoo? That's where my name came from. Really? Yeah. So my real name is Skyler. S-K-Y-L-E-R. And, um... Growing up, like as a toddler, two, three years old, my family used to call me Sky for short or Sky Zoo after the song. Get out of and here. And there was a big disco record and all yeah, that. So it yeah. stuck, right? So as a little kid, it was like a nickname in my house. Okay. And it stuck. So when I started rhyming, I went with that knowing nobody else would have it. That so is it came that's from absolutely that. original, man, because yep. Sky was a real big group, man, in, yeah. the, in the late 70s, early 80s. They had Call Me. They had a whole. They had a whole lot of records, man. They yeah, because yeah, I was and, in the band and we used to play a lot of Sky shit. Yeah, and then the funny thing too, um, a friend of mine, he's a professor at Temple, 
and he is a part of the family of Scott with marriage and all that. Okay. And he got word to them, and they was already aware, and they gave the super blessing. They was like, yo, he's good. He's doing it for Brooklyn. He's good. He, he could rock the name however he want. We appreciate it. So I, I got the, the nod and all that. Yeah, you've been around for a while, bro. Yeah, yeah, Will yeah. you celebrate your 10-year anniversary? Oh, man. Nah, more than that. My, my first retail project, it wasn't my debut album, but it was like an EP to kind of heat things up, uh-huh. was 06. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So running since then, and then my debut was 09. My debut, official debut album was 2009. And ever since then, I've been just running and running. I think now I'm at between EPs, albums, the whole nine. I think I'm at 25 projects or something really? like that. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. a lot of projects, Yeah, man. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one a year, sometimes two a year, and then things in between and all that. So absolutely. What, what keeps you going? What keeps you interested in the music? Oh, man, the love. The love of the art, the love of lyricism, the love of telling a story. For people like myself, people like you, and, and, and my neighborhood and where I'm from, you know, and, and all of us as black folk trying to figure this thing out when it was figured out for us whether we had an option or not, you right. know. So it's it's just the, the storyteller in me. It's telling stories, the culture of lyricism, being one of those guys. And um, it's been my career since 06. You know, I haven't had to do anything else, thank God, since 06, you know, and, and I live the way I want. So it's been a blessing. I'm always interested in knowing people's influences mm-hmm. who are the mcs that influence oh people? man the holy trinity of biggie jay-z and nas uh-huh. you know being from a block away from biggie i'm from st james okay so when you say chico and all that that's those is neighborhood ogs you know right. what i'm saying so you know um that trinity of course the genius was huge in my upcoming the jizza you know um ray and ghosts and you know even 3000, Andre 3000 and Scarface and all that. And, you know, Black Star, you know, when I was in high school and, you know, Black Thought and all that. But I started rhyming because of Chi Ali. Really? That's why I started rhyming. I just rhyming. saw Chi at the Rock the Belt. Yeah, where, where, Chi is why the Why did homie. you start rhyming because of Chi? So I'm nine years old. It's 91, 92. I'm nine years old. Video Music Box. Ralph McDaniels is on in my crib like every Saturday. And I see this video. Little girlie, listen to me. Stop giggling and kid. And I'm like, and I just stopped what I was doing, and I and I looked at the screen, and I was hooked. And for me, I'm nine years old, and the video Chi is like 15, 14, 15. So he wasn't an adult that I couldn't relate to, but he wasn't my age where he felt like a peer. He kind of was that in-between, right. and he looked like the guys in the lobby when I was going to school every day, me and my mother, he looked like the guys in the lobby tagging on the wall, hanging out, hollering at the girls. Like, he looked like the guys you look up to, but not too old where you couldn't look up to him. You know right. what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just felt some sort of synergy, and, and there was something there. And I literally, when the video went off, I pointed to my mother. I said, Ma, I want to do that. Like how a kid point at a commercial and say, or Ma, Fire I want Man, that for Christmas. Or, yeah. Right. I was like, Ma, I want to do that. I want to do that. And she was like, go do it. And that was it. So right. she is the reason why I started. I'm sure I would have started later, but at nine years old, Chi was the reason why I started so early. Does Chi Ali know that? Absolutely. So we, um, man, I had a record in 2012 called Jansport Strings, and the hook was one time up for Chi Ali, and it was like talking about my upcoming and upbringing and all that. And he, when the record was coming out, he had just got out of jail. Right. And we did a remix to it. Oh, that's dope. And it was the first joint he did since coming home. That's dope. Yeah, so it's out. It's on YouTube and streaming and, you know, the making of the video, with uh, the making of the studio session is online and all that. So the first joint he did since coming home was with me. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was good, super full circle. It's good to circle. see Chi up on his feet. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's good to see it. him doing things. It's yeah. good to see him traveling with Drez. Absolutely. And Black Sheep is good. It's yeah, the good documentary thing. is crazy. Yeah. That they did on him, super dope. So yeah. I'm a Chi guy. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have started when I did, you know? 
Yeah, that's incredible. Have you always been an independent artist, or would you ever side to a major? I've been indie as far as indie distribution, indie uh, indie imprints and all that. I've had meetings with majors. I've had offers from majors. I've turned down major deals. Uh, for me, it's always about the integrity. Uh-huh. You know, I'm somebody who, when they make music, they got to be able to look in the mirror after they press play. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I never wanted anything to compromise or pull away from my integrity or what I wanted to speak on. Like, for instance, there's so many projects that I've done that I feel like a major label might have pumped the brakes on. You know, a couple years ago, I did a, a project called Milestones, and the whole project was about black fatherhood in the inner city. It was mm-hmm. about being a dad, me having a son now and all that. I don't know if a major label would have got behind a whole album about Father's Day. You know what I mean? So right. things like that. And I always wanted to have my integrity of doing what I wanted to do musically. And I'm like, look, I know how to make money independently as an independent artist. Being a major would be amazing because there's so many different buttons that you guys could push that I can't. Right. You could make a call and get this done and that done. And that's cool. But I've been successful as an indie artist. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. And that's right. kind of been the theme of my career. So you feel like if you had assigned to a major, they would have had too much influence on the kind of music that you put out or the subject matter? I think there would have been a fight that I didn't really feel like I needed to have, you know? Like, if I'm in the room fighting for my music and what I want to do, and they're fighting for what they think the bottom line is, that's a fight that I don't really need to have if I'm already doing good independently, you right. know? But for some artists, it works because, you know, oh, yeah. everyone knows that Puff is the guy that forced Big to make radio records. Right, absolutely. I think... And I think back then, you know, I was a kid back then, and I grew up a bad boy kid, right? It's funny you use Puff because being from St. James, you couldn't get away from it. So for me, even as an indie artist, there's no bad boy slander on my timeline, you know what I mean? Mm Because I grew up seeing Big and C's and Kim and aspiring for all that and Mace and the Locks. Like, I grew up in that era. But I feel like back then, at least from the outside looking in, being on a major made a lot more sense and – was a little easier from a creative standpoint because it wasn't where the game is now. You know, you yeah. look at all the records that the majors was putting out back then, that stuff is still incredible to this day. Yeah. You know, whereas you look at what's going on now in the major in, in the major label circuit, it's a different type of time. You know okay. what I mean? And, yeah. and for me, I'm just... And it was different, right? It was a different yeah. time because they were pretty much labels, but they were the A&Rs for the majors. 100%. So they really 100%. had carte blanche to tell the majors, yeah. this is what Absolutely. is popping, and you don't feel like it's like that anymore. The more corporate got involved over the years and the bigger hip-hop got, which was what we wanted, right? Like right. When we looked at it, it was, oh, this is going to be dead in five years, and now 50 years later we're celebrating. So we wanted these things, but I think the downside of it is we saw what happened when corporate America said, oh, this thing really, really is real. Let's get in. And when they got in, it became out of our control. Yeah, the money came with it, which is great, but it, it went out of our control and it kind of spiraled. And now we're kind of trying to grab hold of it and get a piece where we can. You know, you look at these lists, the complex lists, and all these things that get people upset. And it's because, yeah, because we're not in the driver's seat anymore. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, when it comes to all that, it was a different thing in 95 as opposed to in 23. Right. You know? So there's always, there's always people now in 23 making decisions about hip-hop. Oh, yeah. Who were not involved in hip-hop. Who don't have a dog in the fight. They don't you know have I mean? a dog in the fight. And they, 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 they don't we have. We talk about this all the time. My manager, yeah. uh, Dan, and I, we talk about this often from, you know, who are they putting on these shows for the 50th anniversary. Right. Who they're, you know, not giving any acknowledgement to whatsoever. Yeah. You know, what kind of music comes out. You know, all of this stuff. Who, Absolutely. Who's getting pushed to the back because they talking positive. Why are we right. being, you know. 
why be overwhelmed with all this drug talk and, and opposition talk and fighting and violence? And twerk and we, all and twerking, that, yeah. When we always had a balance in music. 100%. You know, like I, I tell everybody about uh, the sexy red chick, the uh, Pound right. Town. Yeah. I was like, we can't talk about her lyrics if we don't say something about my neck and my back. We right. we embrace that. We embrace I used right. to be scared of the dick from Little Kim. Right. Now, right. To, you Foxy know, and all that. Foxy yeah. and all that. So we can't. As older people say, something's wrong with that when there was right. nothing wrong with what we were doing. Absolutely. But we still had Lauren Hell, and mm-hmm. we still had Latifah, right. and we still and had Moni and yeah, and Moni. You Absolutely. and Moni actually did a project together. That's my homie. Year, right? Moni is my homie. We did a, a record for her album okay. together. And we shot a video and all that. Moni oh. is my people since '07. She's always been riding for me, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. So that, that's my people. Yeah. Right? And the great thing about Moni too, when she hit me like, "Yo, I'm coming back, new music, boom, boom, let's do a record." Her pen is still flying. And I was like, damn, Moni, you still going crazy. Never like, stop. yeah, I was like, you going crazy. She was like, yeah, yeah, I'm still moving. I was like, yo, your pen is going crazy, you know? So I love all that, you know? Yeah, you know, Mo is uh, my absolute favorite radio co host I've ever had in my nice. entire career. Nice. Like, me and Mo work together so well. Yeah. Just, nah, she, she's an amazing sister. soul, man. I she's just an amazing saw her soul. At Rock the Bells. Okay. And she performed. She just got engaged and she's getting nice. married. It's, it's, nice, nice. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. nah, she's an absolute wonderful soul. That's yeah, my and sister. She's, and she's legendary. Yeah, without a doubt. Deservedly so. And I'm glad she's getting her light on all these shows uh-huh. and all these award shows and these concerts and because it's way overdue for somebody like her. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I sat back and I watched uh, my man Torrey. That's build, my brother, yeah. Yeah, build. Yep. And you, you guys did something. I watched him yep. building his career. You yeah, know what I mean? 100%. The Barrel yep. Brothers. Barrel Brothers, yeah. We did an album, Barrel Brothers, back in 2014. Yeah, back in 2014. So, yeah, that, that's my family. Me and Torrey been running around since 05. Okay. Just, Brooklyn, the whole deal, boom, boom. And right. we've been, you know, literally touring together, Europe, overseas, all over the world. We've done everything here in the States. We've, you know, crashed at each other's cribs. Like, that's family. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So y'all decided, y'all met each other and then, you know, was feeling each other's styles? Yeah, or? we met through the music uh, back in, like, 05. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, you from Brooklyn? I'm from Brooklyn, too. You know, it was that kind of thing. Right. And then we just had so much in common, we just started running around. And then people was looking at us like, yo, y'all got so many songs together. Like, man, we, we need an album from y'all. And one day we was just like, all right. You know what I mean? Like, we've always wanted to see our favorites do an album together. Uh-huh. Our favorite solo artists. You know, kind of like Red and Meth. And, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And we was like, yo, let's do it. Let's do it the way we've always wanted to see it done when we was kids. When you're doing mm-hmm. something like that, how do, how do you go about finding the right producers? Because producers, I just saw Flash say something about, and during his 50-year anniversary, yeah, yeah. we're not giving producers enough credit. How do you feel go about that. finding the right music, the right producer? Well, I feel like the ear for production is a talent within itself. Yeah. And a lot of people, some of the dopest MCs you may hear or whatever it is, they're as dope as the production and the beats get them. You know, a lot of times if they don't pick the right production or whatever, everything just kind of falls to the wayside, just almost as importantly as the pen, you know, so... That's an air and a talent within itself. And for me, I've always been blessed to be able to pick the right beats, pick the right production. I'm big on bringing in the band. I'm big on bringing in the, the instrumentation. It's funny you said you played the trumpet, which I didn't know that. Yeah. Trumpet is my favorite instrument. Okay. You know, I'm a jazz head. Like, right. my, my son is named Miles after Miles Davis, ah. you know? So, like, I'm I'm a jazz head all day. So, um, yeah, I was ill when you brought that. I was like, oh, word up. You know, so I'm big on we'll have these dirty 
Pete Rock drums and loops and all, and I'll call my trumpet player, Sean Taylor, yo, come through, and he'll play trumpet on top of something right. you would never think would have a trumpet, but then we make it make sense. And I'll I'll co-write the trumpet arrangements, and you know what I mean? So uh -huh. I'm, I'm big on all that. So when Tor and I did Bow Brothers, you know, we both was reaching out to producers and producers sending us stuff and all that, and... um. We just we made some undeniable. Is, is you know? that is that difficult to find? Like, because there's a lot of young producers out here. Yeah, there's a lot of producers that you can go online and you can hear those same kind of, you know, they label them trap beat, this right? Beat boom bap, so and so type beat. Yeah, so and so exactly. type beat. Yeah, beat for Lil Wayne. You right, know right, right. Mean? Is that yeah? Is it difficult trying to find, especially being indie? Yeah, when you don't have you know the major labels. Coming up with seventy five, eighty thousand dollars for right, a track. Right. Right. Well, we've been blessed as independent artists in this era to have relationships with the same producers that Def Jam is hitting or Atlantic is hitting okay. or whatever. So, you know, every record I've ever done, I've had the likes of, you know, from Just Blaze to Ill Mind to Knots to, you know, whoever, anyone you can name, I've mm -hmm. pretty much been able to get with them, work with them, build with them on my own level and scale. And the same thing for tour. So when we came together, there was people just throwing us beats like, yo, y'all going to do a record together? Oh, yo, cool. I got to be on that. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, and, and like I said, it's a blessing to be able to have producers reaching out to us, have artists reaching out to us. So even on my solo stuff, people coming to me, yo, you working? Yo, we got to get together. You know, like I've never lacked for production. I've never lacked good. for musicians. I've never lacked for studio. It's always in abundance. Yo, I'm such a fan, whatever you need, you know, and that's that's been a blessing. Yeah. It's been ten years since Old to Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, yeah. What made you do wow. that? Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, the way that happened, man. So somebody had wrote on Twitter. It was um Elzai had dropped Elmatic when he redid Elmatic, yeah. the Nas joint. And somebody had wrote on Twitter. It was a fan, and that's Some, all right. Yeah, this, I don't know if you want to start. That's how it over goes. Here. No, we don't stop <laughs> shit around here, bro. There we go. Um, somebody had wrote on Twitter. They was like, "Man." Elzai just did Illmatic over. We got to get Sky Zoo to do Reasonable Doubt over. And I just retweeted it and wrote LOL next to it. Right. And it took off, man. It was like a firestorm. It was like, yo, this is happening? And I was like, no, it's not. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, I just thought it was funny. You know what I mean? Right. And, and um, it just rolled and rolled. And for like a year, man, people was like in interviews, you know, and different things. Yo, so... Speaking of, and I'm like, yo, I never spoke of that. You right. know what I mean? Like, I, so I, it, was, not, it just caught five people yeah, thought that you were actually I working on it. I did it for the people. The people was asking for it all the time. You and were doing interviews and people was like, when is old? They was bringing that up. Like, yo, when are, you, when are you gonna do that? And I'm like, I never said I was doing it. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was funny when somebody tweeted it. You know, if it wasn't right. for that tweet, it wouldn't exist. So I was like, yo, you know what? Let's do it. You know, and we did it. And um, yeah, it, it, was, it was dope, man. You know, I loved putting that together for an album that helped shape my upbringing, mm. you know, I was 14 when that album dropped. You 96. were 14 in 96? I was born in 82. Okay. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <I feel old. laughs> now I'm 40 now, so okay. you know what I mean? We we, we close. But, right. um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I, I was a teenager. I was in ninth grade when that album came out. And, you know, I uh, it, it shaped my upbringing. So for me to be able to pay homage to that from my point of view, it was special. And that's the thing that everybody got with it. They was like, man, what I love about the record is, there was never a moment where you was trying to be Jay. You was being you, but using the same beats, using the same concepts, and putting yourself in his shoes. Like, all right, not as Sean Corey, but as Skylar Taylor. Like, right. what would you have done with the evils? What would you have done if you was in the moment of regrets? What would you have done if you was in the moment of, you know, can't knock the hustle as me being me, not 
pretending to sell a hundred bricks a day or none of that. You right. know what I mean? It was take my life and put it in those same concepts and scenarios. What would I do? Yeah. So it was dope, man. And it just continued to trickle and spiral into all these other projects that I've done and, and just the storm that has been the Sky Zoo catalog. You how, know? Do you, how do you figure out when Sky Zoo's going on tour what you're performing and what you're not <laughs> performing? Oh, man, I think it's like any other artist. You know, you, you focus on the newer stuff because uh-huh. the people are into the new stuff, but also you're selling it. You know, so if I'm at the merch table with all my vinyl, the mind of the same vinyl T-shirts, whatever, like, that's the focus. Like, I'll tap back into some stuff from so long ago, but it's really usually about the newer stuff. And I think that goes for any artist, whether Mm -hmm. you're me or whether you're Taylor Swift. I think that goes for any artist where you're focusing on the new stuff. Beyonce just did Mercedes Benz. I'm sure a lot of that was the most recent album. You know what I mean? She grabbed the hits, though. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't there, obviously. I wasn't there either, but from everybody told me, she gave you a little Destiny's She got a tap back, absolutely. She got a tap back, but, gave you some single ladies. Yeah, you know, she got it, you know, you got Crazy in Love and crazy all that. You yeah. to do Crazy in Love. You, you know, know what I mean? But then, you know, everybody waiting for that Jay sighting. You know right, waiting for him to pop out. <laughs> yeah, but, um, for Jay to pop out. Yeah, but, you know, as an artist, when you're still making music, still putting out music, you're always focusing on the new stuff. But I do double back, grab some of the old stuff. And right. for me, like I said, we, I'm 25 projects deep. It's... I got to pick. It's because I can. The thing that I've been blessed to be able to do in my career, man, I, I always use the comparison or the analogy of like a restaurant or like food, you know. And if somebody tells you, yo, Ed, this restaurant is crazy, and you say, yo, what do I get? And they point to one thing, and everybody points to that one thing, that restaurant is good for that one thing. But if right. somebody says, Ed, go there, yo, what do I get? Get whatever you want. Everything, Everything there is, is banging. Right. You know, you got some. And that's been the story of my catalog and my career. Like every album I've dropped or throughout my catalog, it's always. Yo, this song is my favorite. That song is my f- Everybody got a, a, fa- a different favorite meal at right. the restaurant. Then that means the restaurant is great. Yeah, absolutely. So when I'm putting a tour together, it's hard to bring the whole buffet on the tour. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to perform all the meals, for lack of a better term. But it works out. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have what you call a good problem. Is your bigger audience overseas or the United Without States? a doubt, overseas. It's overseas? overseas? Yeah, without a doubt. Why do you think that is? They appreciate the essence of what hip-hop is more. You know, they also do more research. I remember being in, we was in Italy, somewhere in Italy, man. I forgot the name of the town, but we was in Italy, and the the promoter had, like, an assistant or somebody running around with us. Young kid, he had to be, like, 21. Get in his car. He's playing Big L. He's playing NWA. He's playing uh, G-Rap. And I asked him, I said, how do you know about this? You're 21. How do you know about this? Like, L was gone before you were born. Right. You know what I mean? I, he was like, man, once I got into hip-hop, I just went back. I don't know any 21-year-olds in New York or Atlanta or L.A. or D.C. going back. No. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. No. He literally was like, yo, once I got into hip-hop, I had to know more about yeah. what happened before, and I went back. It's like it's like me going to Europe for anything, and mm-hmm. it's always like from a young kid, oh, my God, that's that lover. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and here – it's got to be a parent trying to explain to their kid. Yo, this is why this is important. This is right. why I just fanned out in front of Ed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to take a break, man. I got more Sky Zoo coming up. This is the Ed Lover, and this is Come On, Side, the podcast. Come on, side, side. We live and breathe real. Whether you're searching for the latest sneaker, that iconic handbag, a timeless watch, 
or your next piece of classic jewelry, eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. Yep, we're talking each inch, stitch, tick, facet, and clasp that makes the piece you're searching for worthy of your collection. eBay's authenticators are experts in their craft, true connoisseurs, and as leaders in their fields, they're making sure your items always arrive as authentic as your style. So go ahead. Get that piece you've always wanted and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of an eBay authenticator to make sure that watch moving is original, that glimmer is real gold, that rare sneaker is legit, or that handbag is really made of genuine leather and never get faked over again. In a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Audible proudly celebrates 50 years of hip-hop, 50 years of culture that birthed the most prolific storytellers of our time. Respect the movement, respect the moment, celebrate storytellers. Hear brand new hip-hop memoirs, podcasts, and exclusive musical performances on Audible free all summer long. Like new volumes from Audible's groundbreaking words and music series, including Snoop Dogg's From the Streets to the Suites, Yasin Bey's A Dynamic Career in Communications, and Little Kim's The Audacity of Little Kim. DJ Drama's Gangsta Grills featuring the mixtape legend and conversation with hip-hop greats like 2 Chainz, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Jeezy, T.I., and Pharrell. Binge-worthy Audible original series like The Greatest Day that take listeners inside the making of hip-hop's greatest photograph. Double XL Magazine's iconic 1998 cover that saw over 100 of the day's greatest hip-hop artists assembled for one legendary image. Chuck D's Can You Dig It? about how a gang peace treaty in the Bronx set the stage for the rise of hip-hop culture. Or The Motherload, featuring hip-hop heavies like MC Light, Angie Martinez, and more, retracing the history and future of hip-hop through the lens of its most influential female contributors. Hear unforgettable hip-hop originals like these and more essential stories on Audible. Listen free. Go to audible.com slash forever. Come on, son, son. Back with Come On, Son, the podcast. is me, Ed Love. I got a special guest, Sky Zoo. Yeah, yeah. In the building, well over 25 projects. Yeah. We're going to talk about this latest project in a minute. But my man, Cam P, who also works on this damn podcast with me, told me, that his favorite joint is a dream deferred, and that's about okay. eleven years old. Yep. Tell me about that project and why you called it a dream deferred. Was oh, it something man. you was reaching for that didn't happen and made you change your dream? Well, it kind of was a springboard off of the Salvation, which was the album right before that, right? Which was right. my debut album. So the Salvation was about, you know, temptation and going for what you wanted and this dream that you have and doing whatever it takes and like fighting a temptation to go towards it or being tempted to go deeper into it whether you know the risk or not and a dream deferred was kind of the outcome of that right so it was kind of like the sequel for lack of a better term right from that so what happens when the dream you was fighting for doesn't go the way you want it or it does go the way you want it and it was more than you expected and more than you could handle so you know obviously the the, the title comes from langston hughes and everything yes. and you know that's where that came from and with a dream deferred it's it's a really lush project from a production standpoint. You know, it has this kind of warmth to it, and uh, it, it's, it works very well with a band. Like, I'm big on bringing the band out and doing Blue Note and all that. It works really well with a band and everything, and it it's one of my most vulnerable projects where well, I really just really? get Yeah, where I really get into 
okay, this dream went the way I thought it would and then some, or parts of the dream didn't go the way I thought it would, and here's what I'm dealing with because of that. And it kind of just opens up a little more than I had at that point ever on a personal level, you know? Mm -hmm. What part of the dream did not go right for you? Oh, man. I think in this, and you you know for sure because you've been in this, you know, as an OG, you know, the game is people never mean what they say, say what they mean. People mm. don't stand on what they stand on. People don't do what they should do or do what they say they'll do. And you lose friends in this, you know, yeah. or people that you thought was your friends as far as industry, right? Not friends right. you grew up with. My friends I grew up with are still with me every day. Still but solid. 100% because they're not in the game. All right. they know about the game is me. Right. You know I mean? like, right. But the people you meet in the game, oh, man, this person is dope. It's my man. We rocking. Boom, boom. We done did this and this. And then you learn who they are and who they aren't, more importantly. Right. You know, and a lot of that stuff became very clear to me. And I went into it wide eyed and, and you know, milk behind the ears, as they say, you know, mm -hmm. and wet behind the ears, similar. Like, bro, all, I went into it with that. And um, once I realized what it was, then I was able to recalibrate, restructure, and, you know, right. move a certain way. But I think it was the realization of so many different things in the game. But not to say that I didn't still appreciate and love being in it, right? And now mm -hmm. it's my full-time career. At that point, I hadn't worked a nine-to-five in, what, six years? You know what I mean? So uh -huh. I'm, I'm really all the way in. I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. I'm touring the world. I'm running around. I'm doing X, Y, Z, but also seeing just what comes with it, you yeah. know? I was also in the middle of a little major label tug thing. That a couple majors wanted me and all uh -huh. that. And it was like I said earlier, I just decided to step away. You know, right. there were things that they were ready to do financially and all that, which were great. And it was like, but we want to do this and this and this. And then I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to chill for now and maybe we revisit later. And if right. we don't, we don't. But right. I'm good, you know? Yeah. And you know what? And uh, that goes back to the adage of a song that I think is – the Jackson Five had a long time ago, and Mike, you hear Michael sing, everybody loves a star when Absolutely. he's on the top. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to come around when he starts to flop, right. right? And you learn that quickly. And I think all all of us that have had ebbs and tides in this, in this business, yeah. at some point we learn that. Yeah, 100%. You know, that you're good when you can provide something oh, yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. But if you have that down point, right. In your career, the same people that used to be able to get on the phone, yeah, you can't get them on the oh, phone. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And it really it hurts. Yeah, it hurts because you think that you're good. That's why sometimes I laugh if I'm on a uh, Instagram post and I'll see somebody standing next to somebody and yeah, I'm chilling with my man. <laughs> right. And I'd be like, oh, That's my, your brother, man. my, oh, my bro brother, my brother. Even yeah. uh, even I see, you know, I see females do it. Right, I see them. You know, oh, this is my girl, Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, hey, Kim's your girl because you married to this dude. Right. Let, let y'all break out and see how much that's your girl. Right, right. You know what the I mean? number because change, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's your, it opens your mind up mm -hmm. and it shows you how fickle people in this relationship, in this business could be. That's why it's important to keep your friends that you've always had. Absolutely. And the best thing that happened to me, man, you know, I'm, I'm honored to say I didn't have to suffer too much of that. You uh -huh. know, I caught little sprinkles of it but i didn't really go through anything too too crazy mm -hmm. it just was enough to know you know what man i'm this type of person I'm, i've been raised a certain way as far as in my house and outside of my house you right. know the ogs and everything. i i grew up with certain morals and values i can still look in the mirror and be me so i know when to fall back and like i'm good on all that but right. the best thing that happened to me was once i had my son 
I was like at 90% less of the events and I was at 90% less of the show and I never felt better. It was like, I'm so removed and detached from yeah. the industry. Like I make my music, I go on tour, I do my interviews when the album drops, people like yourself and people that show love and support, and I run around and go crazy and I do my numbers and then I go back home. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, I used to get FOMO, a fear of missing out. I don't get FOMO. Oh, now. without a doubt, man. I don't, I don't really care no more. It's crazy. Like, I, like I, I was talking to my wife about that not too long ago. Like, remember the days when, like, if I decided not to go to a Fader party or a Red Bull party or a right. BET party, and then you see pictures online the next day, and you're like, oh, my God, I missed that. I could have been with so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. And you're seeing all these people at these events, and if I would have met so-and-so, I could have met them and turned into this, and that would have changed my life. And blah, blah. Man, leave all that. You right. know what I mean? You do the work. You do the grind. You go out there, do what you got to do. And go home and support your family or whatever's supposed to come with it. Right. Will come with it as long as you're still doing the work. Yeah, yeah. But the I FOMO just, and all that. Nah. Yeah, I just uh, I do this thing called uh, um, Ed Lovers. Uh, I do in, like inspiration. Ed's words of inspiration on yeah, the radio, yeah. right? And Hillary Rodham Clinton, uh, former first lady and secretary of state of the United States of America, had a quote that says, "You have a career and you have a life. Don't ever think that your career is your life." Right. You have That's to, real. You have to understand how to That's have so a life real. And, and a career. And sometimes, you know, I, you know, I remember I, I seen Meek Mill put a tweet out one time after the Rock Nation brunch, and he said, what happened to manhood? He said, mm. I've never seen so many dudes before trip over themselves to get a picture with Jay-Z. Right. Like, right. what happens? Like, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't get fear of missing out the Rock. Nothing against right. Jay. I love Jay. Absolutely. But I don't have FOMO if I don't have an invitation to the Rock Nation. Same here. Brunch. Same really, here. And and cool. like you said, it, I mean, he's iconic and legendary, yeah, and that doesn't begin to describe him. And if he was in here right now, I would want to flick it up. But the whole tripping over and the right. whole feeling like your life ended. and <laughs> Exactly. Nah, like, you know, yeah. okay, okay, it's all good. It's you all know? good. <laughs> it's yeah, all if right. I catch it's, him, we catch up. That's we, it, we, you know. We all... F- Cool he, as fuck, he, but well, Big said best. Bleed the same blood, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Put, put, my, the, you know put I mean? my pants on the same way you put That's your it. pants on. That's it. Let's you talk know? about this. Your latest project, Sky Zoo and the other guys, The Mind of a Saint. Yeah. Based on Snowfall. Yeah. I see that's absolutely. the house on the back. Look, yep. y'all, that's a Snowfall house. Yeah, that's Saint House. Absolutely. What made you do this project, bro? Man, so the way that came about, oh, man, I, I it's a really unique story, man. So I got a, a homie. My man Kerry, he's uh out of Portland. He was an exec with the Portland Trailblazers, real high up guy, but he uh-huh. wanted us. Hip hop head, look like me and you and all that, but he's a high ranking dude with the Blazers. And um good friend of mine I met through the music. Like he was a, a fan who came to a show right. in Portland and then we wound up getting real cool. And we would always, you know, he'll text me about the music and different things and he was talking about um an older project of mine I have called Theo vs. JJ. It's a mixtape I have from some years back. And he was like, man, Theo versus JJ is like top five Sky Zoo you projects. You mean talking about like Theo from the Cosby yeah. Show versus JJ Evans? Yep. Oh, shit. So the idea of it was the the dichotomy and, and the juxtaposition of like the grass being greener. Right. Like that's what the whole tape is about. Uh-huh. You know? It was a mixtape I dropped before, right before Dream Deferred. Okay. And it's talking about how like the ideas that Theo had and the ideas that JJ had and how they could be looking at each other like your life is so much better than mine and you don't realize it. You right. know what I mean? Like the uh-huh. grass is greener. Right. So he was like, yo, man, that's like top five guys who projects ever and it's so deep and thought and I was like, oh, thank you, bro, whatever. And he was like, yo, you should do like Franklin versus uh, Avon. And I was like, what? I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Like talking about Avon from the wire. Right, right. I was like, bro, I'm not doing that. Like, 
then I explained why I did Theo versus JJ the way I did. And I was like, yo, they don't even align the same way. Right. But he asked me like five times, like, bro, you got to do that. You got. And I was like, yo, you know what? You might be on to something. I was like, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to flip the idea you have a little bit. And I was like, I'm just going to do a whole record rhyming as Franklin. And he was like, yo, that's insane. That's going to be crazy. Oh, my gosh. So that was how it started. You right. Know what I mean? And, and um, we went from there, man. And I was like, yo, I, I think this would be kind of wild. So now fast forward to the other guys who Bingo. were on there with me. Uh, the other guys are a production duo out of D.C. Okay. Crazy, crazy producers. They go wild with it. And we were already talking about doing a record together. Like, yo, let's maybe do a whole project. We had done a few little things here and there. And when they came to me wanting to do a project, I was like, you know what? This might be the perfect time to loop them in with this idea. But they had to be into it. They mm-hmm. might not have been fans of the show. They might, right. It might have been, man, we want a Sky Zoo album. We don't want a Franklin album. You know what I mean? Like, right. So I had to pitch it to them. Like, yo, if we do this record, what do you think about me doing it as a concept album with me rhyming as Franklin? And they was like, oh, my God. Like, that's insane. Let's do it. You know, right. they was all the way with it. And we started working, man, and and it came together. We dropped it early January of this year. And the week that it dropped, it was the number one hip-hop album on Apple Music. That's dope. We we uh, charted over Drake in 21. We charted over French. We charted over Now That's What I Call Music, the hip-hop version. Like We were the number one charted hip-hop album in the country that week. Right. Which was sick. So, so um, this takes you straight through from the beginning of absolutely. Snowfall? Yep, absolutely. Because we kind of – Snowfall is dope because – we watched the growth of Franklin Saint. Yeah. We watched him all through. Yep. All the way into Boy to a man. he became yeah. what he despised. Absolutely. And right? and that, and that's that's the the genius of it and, and that's the part that tugs at you, you know. So with this album, the album ends at the end of season five. Okay. Because season six wasn't out yet. Yeah. When the album was done and when I put it out. Right. So this album is seasons one through five, and it starts with him saying, yo, let me tell you my story. So the opening track, Eminent Domain, is me just saying, you know, gather around, like, let me tell you my story. Right. You know, and then it goes from all the way from the beginning. I don't know if it's any spoiler alerts for anybody watching who hasn't seen the show yet, right. but, um, you know, living with Rob and the Volpes in the Valley and all that and growing up as a Black Panther, and it goes all the way down to the end of season five where he, his world gets shattered. Right. And he's like, it's time for me to get back what's mine. You know, right. and that's how the album ends. Okay. So now, with season six being out the way, the plan always was to re-release the album talking about season six. Okay. Because I knew everybody would want that. Right. All the fans would be like, yo, the album was so crazy, you got to finish the story now. Like, we, we got the, the end of the story on TV, now we need the end of the story with the music. So the deluxe version is coming out later this year okay. where I add five or six songs to it, wrapping up how the entire story ended. Okay. Which was season six and the downfall and the demise and da 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 da. Have you done that already or are you still working on it? I'm working on it now. Okay. I'm working on it now. Yeah. Okay. So so we dropped the album and man, it the way it took off, man, from the critical acclaim to the numbers to the people going crazy, like, yo, what is this? Like, people's losing their minds, man. Isn't, like, it, isn't it good for you to know that there's still people out there that love hip-hop that don't just depend on the radio to give them hip-hop? That's been the premise of my whole career. You know, I've been on the radio, I've been on TV, I've been in magazines, but right. I am not a radio, TV, magazine artist. Right. I'm the artist who drops a record, and for whatever reason, without being on the radio and TV and stuff, everybody's talking about it and everybody on one side of the coin is talking about it and going to get it and right. coming to the shows and packing out, whether it's New York, LA, Atlanta, Germany, Johannesburg, wherever. And, and we rinse, we wash, rinse, repeat. 
you know, and yeah. that's been the story of my career. I've never had to depend on the radio, TV, magazines. It's nice, you know, when shout to my bro DJ Enough. He goes crazy on my records. DJ shout Self. Enough. Self goes Big crazy Spanish. on my records. Yeah. Like, shout out to Selfie. Ephraim. Yeah. What's up, Ephraim? <laughs> I just saw him on a documentary that the, uh, what is it, Jesse Terrero? Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? The director? The director, yeah. Yeah, they just did something. I watched it the other night okay. about the Latinos' impact on the hip-hop culture. Oh, that's and dope. The, and Enough was all over that. That's dope, as he so should big, be. So big as shout out to be. Big Spanish. Yeah. Does all the beats for Ice Spice. Yeah. He does all the beats he for Ice Spice. Ice Spice beats? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's dope. That's enough, son. Yeah, that's yep. enough. When oh, it says, oh, that's um, beautiful. The apple don't fall from for the yeah, tree. Yeah, on, on the beginning of her records, when it says Riot, uh-huh. that's enough, son. His name is Riot. Oh, that's dope. Yep. He Shout does out all to Ice Spice work. I knew him when he was a baby. That's yeah. dope. I yep. like that. I so like he's that. cashing like, out, doing his thing. Yeah, I like seeing him do his thing, yeah. man. Big shout out to my man, Big Spanish, all day long. Yeah. After this, man, after you put out the the, uh, the deluxe joint. The deluxe joint. What's next? Are you already I'm thinking sure. that forward? I'm, I'm, I'm not You'll sure. you break? It, it'll, nah, no breaks. No, <laughs> no breaks. Nah, we... I got mortgages and and and, and cars and right. my son and my whiz and nah, no breaks. But um, you know, it for me, it's the music. You know, my music is it's uh ghostwriting. You know, it's the acting that I've been doing you now. Ghostwriting? I've been ghostwriting for years. For the likes of is it super secret? Uh, yeah, but but I've I've definitely been at a stoplight and a girl will pull up next to me bumping a joint that I wrote and singing it or rhyming it word for word, and I'll just look over like. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. definitely happened. Why? Why is the ghostwriting thing so so super secret? Like I just saw a little clip of an interview with Un mm-hmm. when Un was talking about how he gave Mace money to write mm-hmm. for C's. Right. Right. And then and then Cam and then he let said Cam Mace do it. Gave me he let five Cam do stacks it. Yeah. And, and I wrote Crush on You. Right. I, I didn't, right. Right. I right. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew about that from back in the day. Yeah. They was paying Mace to ghostwrite. And Mace, you know, Cam being his best friend, he was right. hooking him up. Right. Like, yo, you do it, and you right. can have the money. You know right. what I mean? Like, because yeah. they're not going to give you the job because they don't know you yet. Cam right. wasn't on yet and all yeah. that. They're giving me the job because I'm the number one artist in the world or whatever. Yo, you do it. You can have the money. You right. know what I mean? Which I thought was awesome. And um, then you find out Sauce Money wrote, I'll be missing you. for. Oh, uh, he wrote like half that No Way Out album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wrote like half Sauce that. Sauce has always been yeah. so underrated. Absolutely. So Absolutely. But you know, you knew shit like Big wrote for Kim. You right. Knew, Jay wrote for Fox. Right. And all you know, that. Jay yeah. wrote five records. You know, Get right. Me Home with Black Street. Right. Absolutely. Jay, uh, you knew that Jay wrote uh, uh, Still DRE. Right. You know, include, right. I didn't know he even wrote the hook. Yeah. You're representing for the gangsters all across the yeah, world. Yeah, the still. whole joint. Snoop said when they heard that, he said everybody was in the lab. Yeah. And when. When Jay Z sent them reference vocals, yeah. he said all of them niggas was like, "That's it right there, Jay." Yeah, he, uh, you know, it's Dre. Done. He was like, even it's though done. we had egos as big as a fucking mountain, when yeah. we heard that, yeah. each and every word, and that hook, we was yeah. like, "Okay, Dre, do that." Yeah, that's it. Just yeah, leave don't it alone. fuck all this shit we wrote. Right, right, right. You do know, that. Jay. You know, Jay wrote uh, for Bugs Bunny. Jay yeah. wrote on the yeah. Space Jam soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, he wrote the Buzz Bunny joint. Yeah. So the thing with ghostwriting, you know, I always tell people, because I get interviewed about that a lot, because a lot of people know I do that on the side. The thing why, the reason why it's so taboo in hip-hop is because when you look at R&B, we know Babyface wrote tons of records for everybody. We Absolutely. know Teddy Riley wrote. We know all these different people, and it's not a secret. Right. Because when you're a singer, 
it's about you actually singing, right? It's about right. the octaves and the performance right. and the dancing with the singing. And it don't matter who wrote that record for Mariah. The way she sings it is different from if another woman sang it. And or a Mary lot of times or whoever. it is Mariah writing her own shit. Right, absolutely. Right. But but still, you know, if or Mary J or right. whoever, yeah, you know. Absolutely. So um with hip hop, you're not singing. You're not hitting different octaves and different things. You're not dancing. So if you're not singing, you're not dancing, you're just rhyming, you're just rapping, right? So you're not writing the raps either so then what are you doing that's kind of why i think people look at it the way they look at it and then if you're talking about artists who are looked at as being great entertainers your puffs your timberlands i'm just naming people dre's right great producers and entertainers you understand and you accept the fact that they may be getting help or whatever it is well, well but, easy did too but easy wasn't no fantastic entertainer but easy put it out there right he, he put said, out there Ice the Cube, rip. Right to rob, this is what it I is say. That's because what for said. him he was like they had to beg him to rap he's like i'm not a rapper i just want right. to put the money up and get paid you right. know so but his his character and that's not a knock because of who he is he really was that character but yeah. his character and all and his persona Made so much sense yeah, he was for the group. For real. It was like, come on in. Easy was the only right. nigga it was that like, was really come on in. Let, let's really do this so that we can make sure we get this message across. So, right. But when you talk about artists who may be looked at as one of the greatest ever or top this or top can that. Can you be? Exactly. That's can where I'm going. Can you be top That's where I'm of going. all time if you I don't think you can. I don't think you can at all. I don't care what so, nobody and, says. And that's why when artists who are looked at as some of the greats, whether they're some of the greats right now, some of the greats forever, whatever it is, when you find out that they may have gotten help, that's why it hurts your heart so much. Right. Because you're like, dang, man, you're supposed to be the nicest in the world. You getting help? You know what I mean? we feel the same way about Tupac, if we found out somebody wrote 90% of Tupac Exactly. Or Big, or or Jay, or Nas. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's why people look at Ghost right the way they look at it. When you find out that... Some of the guys who are the great, so even if they run around preaching that they're the greatest and the nicest and the whatever, right. if you found out they got help, it breaks your heart. Yeah, it's because like, come on. Drake swept that Quentin Collins shit under the. Well, I think oh, that's Quentin, his last uh, name. What's his name? Uh, the kid that yeah, was, yeah, 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 that they had, mm-hmm. they had him dead to rights. Quentin like, Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah he yeah. swept that shit under the rug. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you know, and and that situation was weird because I don't I don't know the dynamics of what was done and who did what so i don't know you right. know um we know it all blew up and went crazy and we know drake's been going crazy ever since that happened he's yeah. still been putting out hit after hit you know so whatever it was it wasn't enough to impact anything so there's I don't, a difference I don't know. between a collaboration right there's yeah. a difference between you got this but you really want it to be better so you say zoo come, come in here and tweak a little bit and yeah. tweak it mm-hmm. then just somebody saying here's the beat give right. me some shit and i've done that too i've Help people tweak their records, right? And I've written everything from A to Z. You know okay, what I'm saying? The because only... I remember uh, Nas was saying that he he tweaked uh, getting jiggy with it for Will Smith. Okay, he said I threw him a line or two here. Line. Right, I've he I've said, done I didn't that with heads. Whole shit. He said I've seen I saw Will write that record. Right, I changed lines here and there. For right, him. yeah, you know just added I mean? you in the kitchen. Right, yo, put a dash of that. Exactly. Put a dash of that. Right. You know, and I've done that with heads too. I've done okay. that with people who write all their own stuff. And I'll be in a session with them, and they'll be, yo, what you think? Yo, that's crazy. Yo, what if you said this? Boom, right. Boom, and I may throw them three lines. Right. I don't want nothing off two, three lines. Like, you know what I'm saying? The only right. way I want some off two, three lines is if it's the hook. Because that is two, <laughs> that's, three lines. That's, two, that's three it. Lines. You know that's what I mean? a song. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I threw you two lines on the first verse. Yo, go ahead. Like, you know what I mean? But right. And I've also written everything from A to Z. Play the beat. Tell me the concept. 
give me an hour and I'm, you know, we good. But right. the only thing I haven't done is somebody doing that for me, and I never will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I, I've always said if the day ever came where I didn't have it and I couldn't write or I needed help, uh-huh. I'm out. Do you think that, you know, that some of the artists from way back when would have lasted a lot longer if they had a looked at hip-hop the way people look at R&B? If they'd have went as for far the as help? the writing, yeah, like when you know, like let's say when when one of them started getting to the end of mm-hmm. their stuff, like right. if they would have went in and got some of these young dudes and said, "Look, yeah. write this shit," maybe, maybe, but I think where they benefited from was being there since the beginning. Yeah. So now, fifty years later, you know, they can do rock the bells, they oh, can do tours, they the can be too. iconic, and you know, right. like w- yeah. when you there from the start. It's a whole different dynamic, and yeah. and I, I mean, we wouldn't be here without them. We wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't be here without all these individuals who paved the way, you know. Right. And, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that is a beautiful thing. And shout out to all the OGs, man. Fifty years yeah. of hip hop. Sky Zoo in the building. This is the latest project right here. Mind of a saint. And, and he gave it to me on wax. I'm hanging this on my wall <laughs> in my basement. This is so dope, man. I appreciate you, brother. You know it, man. Thank, thank you for, for having me. By. Thanks for being on the show. You know this it, man. This is Come On, Son, the podcast. I'm at Loving Man. As always, keep God first. Everything first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and definitely about your ass next week, okay? Be good. If you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, then your baby skies up, okay? We'll see you later. <laughs> Until next week. Come on, side. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Peace, y'all. Come on, side, side. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Come on, son, son. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.